I'm Nicole McCants, a psychologist turned business coach for psychotherapists. It was not long ago when I was in solo private practice, seeing way too many clients feeling overwhelmed and burnt out. In 2016, when I became pregnant with twins, I knew I had to scale to a group practice because I couldn't keep working that much. I was sick of hitting the ceiling in my income and knew that the only way to make more money and help more people was expanding my practice. In three short years, I was able to scale it to 55 therapists and multiple seven figures. Once I was able to reach that goal, I had to take it to my peers. I'm here to teach you how to scale your solo practice to a group or take your group practice to the next level. We didn't learn anything about business in graduate school. So I created the Business Savvy Therapist podcast where I share easy to implement, business and marketing strategies so you can help more people, make more money, and have more freedom. Let's dive in. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm talking to a group practice owner all about her success secrets, because here's the thing. Probably you look at the big clinics in your city or town, not knowing how they did it. And I really want to bring this knowledge to all of us. Welcome to the show, Maya. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Did you want to introduce yourself? Maybe tell people who you are and a bit about your practice. Absolutely. So I am a certified music therapist. I've been practicing for eight years now. And I started my private practice, group practice, although it didn't start off as a group practice, seven years ago. And at the time when I started, it was called Maya Music Therapy. And we transitioned to recently to Maya Creative Care. And that transition really encompasses the fact that we now provide an assortment of creative arts therapies to our care partners and to individuals throughout Ontario. So we're providing music therapy, art therapy, and dance movement therapy. And we primarily partner with facilities and health and wellness organizations to bring them creative arts therapies and integrate creative arts therapies into their care model. So we'll have a music therapist going on site for a full day, once a week, and seeing groups and seeing individuals. And the practice has really grown and taken off over the last seven years. I guess sharing more about myself personally, I really, as much as I enjoy being a music therapist, I equally enjoy growing the practice and managing a team and all of the learning that goes behind that work. And tell us how many therapists are in your group practice right now? Right now there are 24 therapists on our team. Yes. In six years, right? Yeah. In six years. Yeah. The first year was me solo. And then six years later, we're at 24. That's incredible. Maybe you can give me a sense. I feel like fear stops a lot of people. And so you did one year, just you. And how did you push through that fear to take the risk to expand because it can feel like a really big deal to some people. Absolutely. There are a few things. The the first is I I had before I started my practice, I was a contractor myself and I really felt like there were things I 
you know, from my experience that I wanted to shift and change and make a really positive experience for people who could potentially join my team. And that was a really big motivator for me. So that the motivation to inspire people on my team and support them and give them a positive working experience just outweighed the fear a little bit. So I, I, you know, I felt the fear for sure, but I leaned into why I was inspired in the first place to expand and to bring someone onto the team. So I think that if you're really clear on why you're expanding and why you're going from a solo practice to a group practice, then you can just have that reminder for yourself every day. Hey, you know, even Stick it on a post-it note and put it up in your office and read it to yourself every day to remind yourself because you know, otherwise the fear can take over. And I do that with a lot of things. I have to remind myself why not only I'm in group practice, but why am I in practice to begin with sometimes? And that why really grounds me because you know, even it was something that I do a lot in my work is I do a lot of cold calling. We call organizations, long-term care homes, mental health facilities, group homes, adult day programs, hospices to educate them about our services. And there's a lot of fear that can come along with that, just picking up the phone and, and calling someone. So if I'm not really grounded in my why am I doing this in the first place, which is that I believe these services are extremely impactful and empowering and enriching people's lives, transforming people's lives, then the fear would would definitely take over. So I think that being grounded in, in your why and yeah, you know what? I think that really, that really encompasses it for me. I love that. I love that really having your being very clear, your big why there's like a book called, I forget what it's called, but I, I've read that book, like know your why and have it guide you. I love that you touched on, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you were in a group practice before as a contractor. And for those listening, if you worked in a group practice, you have so much knowledge of what not to do and let that motivate you. And it sounds like that's beautiful that you're like, okay, yep, I'm going to take that list with me and do the the opposite or be inspired by some of it and make it even better. And that's why you have such a great team. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I've been continually inspired by that. It's been such a strong passion for me that it hasn't dwindled over the last six years. It just keeps getting stronger. That's amazing. Let's jump into cold calling because let me tell you, I think that's the thing that most therapists fear and I love that you're doing it. What percentage of that has fed your success? Would you say, was that like a big part of your marketing strategy? It was really up until recently about 90% of our marketing strategy because up until recently, that's really how, you know, our care partnerships are the primary way that we serve clients and serve individuals. So partnering with those facilities and organizations. And so just educating and advocating for what we do, jumping on the phone and calling someone has been incredibly useful and just I can't recommend it enough. And I think there's so there's so much to learn about cold calling. And I think it's an area I found that a lot of practice owners are fearful of, which is understandable, and maybe just don't realize that it's an avenue they can they can take and that can be quite successful. Definitely. I talk a lot about for private practices, reaching out to family doctors, pediatricians, psychiatrists. Do you mind sharing? I'm sure you have a bit of a process. If you could walk us through, so do you do research? Do you have your admin do it? Because you have first you have to find the people, right? And then is there certain things you say? In my program, I give people a bit of a script because I do believe it's getting to the right people. I don't know if you can share what you have found successful to get on the phone to the actual right person, the decision maker. 
Absolutely. So, okay, there's so much to say. The first thing is in terms of, you know, do I do it? Do I have somebody else do it? I always like to talk about, you know, leaning into your strengths as a group practice owner and any any business owner of any kind. And for me, I found that cold calling and connecting with people and building relationships, that's my strength. And so despite having you know, more growth in the, in the last few years, I've held on to keeping that as part of my role because it's, it's my strength. And then I'm letting go of some of the things that are not my strengths that are, you know, more logistics and keeping things organized. (laughs) So that's the first part. And in terms of who to call, that's so important. And at the very beginning, I have to say, Nicole, you know, although I wasn't too afraid to pick up the phone and call, I think I was afraid to speak to the person that I needed to speak to, the real decision maker. And that's changed with time. And I wish that right from the beginning, I would just call, you know, the executive director of the facility and tell them all about what we do, all about the creative arts therapies and and our programs. And that's huge, just getting to the person who makes the decision right from the get-go. And in terms of what to say, the first thing is, I've already mentioned a couple of times, I like to keep post-it notes around me. And one of the things I do is I keep a post-it note with, what are my three unique qualities? What do I really have to offer? And what does our group practice have to offer that's unique? And those three words just help guide me when I'm on a phone call to just stay grounded as to what, what am I trying to emulate here? So one of those words, for example, is warmth. When someone joins our practice, I hope that they feel my warmth. I hope they feel the warmth from our therapists. And I hope they just feel like they're you know, part of our community. And it can be easy when you're doing a cold call to just follow a script and lose some of that warmth when you're nervous and, and trying to, to get all the information out there. That really helps to keep me grounded. And it also helps me think about, and I think this is helpful, you know, if you're feeling nervous, that not every cold call you make will be a right fit for them and will be a right fit for you. And if you really, over time with practice, are able to emulate who you are and what you have to offer and they aren't receiving it well, then it's probably not a good fit for you either. That helps to give me a sense of comfort when you hear the inevitable, no, we're not interested, goodbye. (laughs) That means, okay, at this time, they are not a good fit for me and I'm not a good fit for them. Want to hang out live? Join my next masterclass, Level Up to a Seven-Figure Group Practice, where I walk you through the proven strategies to scale your solo practice to a group or take your group practice to the next level. If you attend live, I give you a special bonus that you are not going to want to miss. The link to register is in the show notes. See you there. Just about that, I think that's really empowering that it's not always a good fit. It's just a numbers game, right? Can you speak to what, do you track your percentage? Like how many calls you have to make to then it's a then get a yes. That's a great question. I track, so I'm very careful with tracking every person I ever call and everything we've ever spoken about or every person I've ever spoken to about my practice. That's all being tracked. You know, there's a task reminders of when to follow up and you know, making sure that it's all very organized because otherwise I would never remember who I phoned <laughs> after a while with so many phone calls. But I don't actually track the percentage. I think that's a really great idea. I think probably if I were to just guess, it would probably be 70% of people not answering the phone 
Mm, and not yeah. being able to get through to them. Yes. I spend so much time on the phone and just hearing people's voicemails. So I've learned over time to, I don't leave voicemails anymore because I want to connect with the person and voicemails can get lost. People are busy. There's a lot going on. So I will just make a note. I use, I use HubSpot myself and I'll make a task reminder to let me know to follow up with someone who didn't answer. I'll indicate that they, they didn't answer, that I didn't leave a voicemail and I just keep keep trying until until I reach them. Amazing. Actually love that. However, if your strength is definitely warmth, I can tell that and you're you're kind of holding it to actually connect. It's about connection. I get that piece. And that could be lost in a voicemail and they might kind of, you know, write you off or whatever before they actually connect with you. Exactly. Okay. I love this. I'm a big believer in cold calls and I love that you're doing it too. And that it's literally providing 90% of the client flow. And it has been a huge like indicator of like where you are today. You said 90%. What would you say is the other 10% in terms of marketing that you're doing that has helped with your growth? I would say it's a combination of referrals, which is really taking off and happening more organically with the more the more contracts and clients that we're seeing. And the other part of it, it would be so great to track Nicole and I would love to have real measures of this. But something that really helps in our practice is having a consistent newsletter that goes out. It seems like such a small thing, you know, a newsletter, everybody has one of those. But I think it's, you know, if you can build up a really great list to make sure that people are subscribing, that are interested and that that subscription button is you know, front and center on your website. I found that to be really key because there's lots of people who are interested in what we have to do, but now's not the right time. And if we can just remind them that we're here and the time might come. And I found that overall also with cold calling. So if if somebody does answer the phone and they say, no, not right now, I may put a reminder for myself to call them in a year, a whole year from now. Yes. Reminders are everything. It's unbelievable. And so much of the time they're after the year, they're they're ready to go. So yeah, that newsletter is, is helpful. Now about the follow-up for a second, I obviously train a lot in sales for therapists. They, they meaning the research, the research tells us that 80% is in the follow-up. 80% is following up with wow. the maybes, following up with the nose. And guess what? Most people don't follow up. And that also doesn't just mean the cold calling, but also the people who don't book the consult or stop attending therapy all of a sudden or no show. So making sure that you're following up in general. So you're really organized. I love that you use a CRM that really works like HubSpot. Yes. I have to use one of those to to stay organized for sure. And that's so interesting to hear about the research because that definitely backs up my experience. Yeah. About the email marketing, I would call that email marketing. Right. Right. And not a lot of therapists are sending out emails that are high value. Mm -hmm. It can take about five touch points. So guys, like just keep emailing and being top of mind. The thing that I think about is I know you're in a more of a unique industry, but most clients are distressed and they want to book, but they forget because they're struggling with depression and anxiety and they need you. Like you're doing a service. The email is a service to them to get them into your clinic sooner. Right. It's helpful for them to to be reminded. And I know I appreciate it too from, from my perspective as a client in therapy myself. So just getting those follow-ups and those reminders is key. In terms of business, 
Are there any business books that you're reading? Maybe you have on your end table right now that you're reading or one that's really helped you shift things in your practice? Definitely. The book Traction, who I will have to, the the name of the author is now escaping me. (laughs) Traction. This book really helped me get organized and not only get organized, but really helped me simplify my plan for the practice. So there's a great one page business plan in there that really gets down to the nitty gritty of why you're doing this in the first place. So, you know, why are you managing this group practice? And then based on that, what is your 10 year, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Based on that, where do you see yourself in five years? Okay, let's roll back to one year. And based off of that, we can make a really succinct plan for what we want the year to look like. I think more than anything, this book really helped me. They have a great plan or agenda for meetings with your administrative staff. So I have an operations manager on my team. And during our weekly meetings in the past, we would just kind of scramble, okay, I have all of these things I I need to share with you. And you have all these things you need to share with me. And we thought we were organized. But then when I started using this agenda that they lay out in, in the book, it's really helped us stay organized. The first thing we do is look at our goals for the year and see if we're on track. And then we look at our scoreboard, which keeps track of a lot of the different numbers and the data that are happening on a week to week basis. And the whole agenda has just really helped everything move forward on every level. I love that. I'm going to put that in the show notes, the book Traction, a must-buy, all about systemizing and creating a practice that is automated, right? And kind of run without you. I'll also put HubSpot in the show notes. I love that. Okay. So back to your meetings for a second, because this is how we all do our meetings. It's just like all the things we need to talk about. What I'm hearing is like you're connecting back to the vision or to the, at least the goals, like where are we going? I'm driving this big bus and it's, and sometimes I feel like I'm spinning in like exact circles, but it's going to remind you like where are we headed? And because you're really clear on that, is there items that you actually don't even talk about in a meeting because you're like, oh, actually it doesn't tie in. You know what I mean? This can wait or like it almost shows you what's important. Exactly. It shows us what's so key because, you know, there's so many examples I can think of, but one thing is, you know, if we were hoping, if our yearly plan was to gain a certain amount of clients, in our practice. And we hit that goal, which actually has happened to us in this year. We already hit our goal in, in that regard. So when we take a look at that, we're realizing, okay, I actually, I don't feel I need to be spending as much time doing the cold calls and doing those things because we've reached our goal, although we want to keep growing. But how now can we focus on the other goals of our practice when it comes to systemizing and preparing for more growth for the following year? It definitely helps. It helps just focus us, helps know which direction to go in. And I just love coming back to you the goals and the vision for for why we're doing this in the first place. I think it it helps guide everything. And one small example I can give you as well is social media. That was something that came to light recently where based on our goals and our vision and kind of the data that's coming in, realized why had we been spending so much time making posts on social media for our particular practice? It's really doesn't really align with our goals or the way that we're generating clients and 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 work. So it helps on, on a number of levels. That is amazing. That is so valuable because what it's doing, it's helping you allocate your time more effectively, which is your greatest asset. That is beautiful. So what I'm hearing is you're able to say, actually, 
that's not really feeding any goal, let's say, social media. So maybe we do it a little bit less and turn that down and focus on what matters. And also you can realize, or the opposite, oh, we already hit that goal. Okay, I can actually do less of that, but let's focus on these other two goals. Because some people don't know where they're going and then they keep doing the same thing over and over and it's a big waste, but they don't even know it because there's no metric. Exactly. And I have to say until two years ago, that was me. We were growing and it was great. And I thought, you know, everything's going wonderfully, but I wasn't really tracking things and I wasn't using all of these systems. And although things were going well over the last two years, once I started doing this, it's been really a dramatic, significant difference in in our growth. I talk a lot about the sweet spot. I feel that it's really important to know what is my goal. And maybe I'm okay with just that because sometimes growth can bring busy, more busyness and overwhelm. And maybe now like for you, so you hit your goal already, you could make the choice. You know what? I'm just going to coast a little and spend more time with my, my family and take more vacation or take a breather because I'm feeling burnt out. And I love that you have a measurement to be like, okay, I can give myself permission to do that now. Yes. And then you can make that choice, right? If, if you happen to have lots of time, you can, maybe you want to change your goal and, and give yourself some, you know, something else to aspire to for the next quarter, for the next year. It's really helpful, especially if you, I have two little, little, little ones at home and, so, you know, it really helps allocating your time and knowing where you, to spend it. It's huge. Mm. I love that. A lot of us are highly ambitious therapists though. So I always just create another goal. So I have to, I'm teaching myself to be like, okay, you hit that goal. Just sit and enjoy, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. This has been such a fruitful conversation. Thank you so much. I know people are going to want to reach out to you. How do they reach you? So you can check out our website. It's mayacreativecare.com. And it's my name is spelled a little a little differently, but it's M-I-Y-A, mayacreativecare.com. And you can always email me as well at info at mayacreativecare.com. Happy to answer any questions that you might have. I'm definitely going to put that in the show notes as well, guys, so you can absolutely find her. Thank you so much for your time in this conversation. Thank it was so you great. so much. Thank you for listening to the Business Savvy Therapist podcast. I hope this episode was helpful. I would be so grateful if you would share this with a peer or colleague that is wanting to help more people make more money and have more freedom. Make sure to subscribe so you do not miss any new episodes and please do leave me a review. It would mean the world to me. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you in the next one.